We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. up everybody we are back with another episode of the golden bear cast i am one of your co-hosts andy alongside me is my co-host rob rob what's happening i just want football to come back give me football i need cal football season give me i feel football. the same way it was miserable but it was a fun type of miserable I'm just- it really was like usually, usually my like fix for football can be alleviated because I'm usually at spring ball. Like I get a month of like you know going to Cal practices and like seeing it, like being on the sun. It just it it's it's not the same as a game day, but it does what it it needs to do. It just scratches the itch for me. We have no idea like what is happening for like spring football yet. Um, there's like you no know, no schedule announced, no anything. Even if press is even allowed to be, you know, in the stadium, who knows? So it's like we're gonna we're, it's gonna be another like six months before yeah. we get football. Like, it'll be it'll be a little while. Yeah. And this does feel like a good time to remind you that the Bearcast is brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Wherever you want to get your pod podcasts, get it at Blue Wire. But we have a bunch of Cal football news to discuss today, specifically besides our desire to have football in our life. <laughs> and so, Rob, why don't you kick us off? Well, yeah, we got a bunch of news to run through. Let's start with let's start at the top. Let's start like with like the easy, simple, simple stuff. Cal announced uh, from S and P Plus rankings by Bill Connolly, the Godfather of all f- college football stats, fifty fourth. In the country, in the country, feels fine. Feels like a reasonable number. I think that's the highest we've been in a preseason like S and P ranking uh, under Wilcox, I believe. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it felt Sunny Dykesian. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Sunny even like scratched like the top like seventy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, then it doesn't feel Sunny Dykesian. Yeah. Then. I got to work on what that, how what to that say means. that, what that means. 
I really thought he was going to get the job at Tennessee. That didn't happen. No. So, yeah, I mean, 54, 54. So, I think, you know, that's kind of in line. What? Is that like seven, eight wins? Yeah, just about. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where I think it's at for this season is, you know, eight wins is my ceiling and five is my floor. I think I've been consistent with that. I don't know. And we'll see if it changes because as the weather gets nicer, the hype gets higher. But <laughs> I mean, like, think about it this way, right? There's power five. There's five power five leagues, right? Let's say the top three in each Power 5 league is like in these rankings. So that's 15 schools already accounted for. And that leaves 35 schools that you need to fill in to get to 50 um, with, you know, group of five, other Power 5, maybe some, you know, random outliers. And then you put us at 54. That's not saying that an entire an entire conference can't be in the top fifty, but you know, so it's it's a it's quite a ways behind, but not like crazily behind. I mean, I'll be curious because last season didn't we think we were getting? I mean, CBS said that we were going to win the Pac twelve <laughs> North, yeah, um, and then we had some legit top twenty five. Cons- I thought we had some consideration potentially preseason. Like, I think that- we got votes. We might have yeah. gotten votes. So, I mean, I don't think anyone over here is, like, waving the banner at 54 being like, this is our year. But, you know, S&P Plus is a great – it's probably a good place for us to be. Do you have any idea in regards to – I don't have the ESPN Plus subscription necessary to be able to read his articles, which kill me. <laughs> but um, I'm curious how that ranks with other Pac-12 teams. Um, I do have it, uh, but we will see – I'll take a look and then we'll get back to the, the to our listeners um, about how it ranks in the Pac-12. But I do I'm think sure it, I don't think what? it was so Oregon's that above far. us, Utah's above us. Mm-hmm. These are all guesses, by the way. Oregon above us, Utah above us, Arizona State above us, Washington. I don't know about Washington. They they are kind of a train wreck right now. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's an outsider's view. I don't know how true. I mean, how true people feel that is. Uh, the Colorado maybe above us after last season. Well, I'm trying to pull it up right now as we're as we're talking here. Bill Connolly, uh, Stanford. I don't know. Stanford had a four players go to the draft, and their recruiting classes have taken a hit. Yeah. USC. USC will be above us. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Um, what? It's all the top six. Well, Pac-12. Let me, let me run you through it. You you keep count, right? I'm going to read through the teams. You keep count. All right. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Oregon, Georgia, Iowa State, Miami, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Washington, Florida, Texas A&M, Penn State, Cincinnati, Iowa, USC, Arizona State, Utah, Texas, UCLA, Louisiana, Michigan, Old Miss, Notre Dame, LSU, Indiana, Auburn, Oklahoma State, Nebraska, Minnesota, Maryland, TCU, West Virginia, Appalachian State, Virginia Tech, Coastal Carolina, UCF, Boise State, Purdue, Arkansas, Liberty, Pittsburgh, Mississippi State, NC State, Washington State, Louisville, Georgia Tech, Tennessee, Colorado, Baylor, BYU, Memphis, California. 
Wait, do you say Washington State? Did I hear you say Washington State? Yeah. They're ahead of us? At 46. Dude, also, there's some garbage teams that you just named. <laughs> Liberty? Wait, was Liberty okay last year? No, who? No, uh, it, was, like, it was like UCF. Liberty, Liberty, Coastal Carolina were like, you know, two of the teams because they played like a full season, right? Compared to a lot of the Pac-12 teams or a lot of the right. other leagues. But you also said Appalachian State. Yep. What? Yeah. Because these are numbers going off of last season and their numbers were good because they were they played more games than us. Or I should have done this. Games. This makes me feel a lot worse. <laughs> we should be upset. 54 is trash. Dude, I mean, okay, so UCLA being in there, that makes sense. They looked good last year. But, dude. You eighth? want me to, you want me to give you... in the Pac-12. That's, that's terrible. We're, our offense is rated as 62 and our defense is rated at 53. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would have killed for a defensive unit to be... You know, in the fifties and in the Dykes era, the big thing we've and we would also have killed for an offense that would be in the sixties in the Wilcox era. So, in a way, we're getting what we asked for. However, when it's eighth in on a list of the teams in the Pac-12, it just kind of hits different than otherwise. But yeah, there's a lot of also there's a lot of interesting teams that were kind of in between us and the last. I mean, but. But you have to look at our numbers too, in a, in a way, because like SB Plus, it's like it's based on like some advanced analytics regarding like tempo and opponent adjusted. Right? We played four games last year. <laughs> and, yeah. And like our first one against UCLA, like that is not a good statistical game at all. And Washington above USC makes zero sense. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. I'm actually surprised by that because Washington also played what like four games. Yeah, they have their S&P Plus ranking. Washington offense is 14th, defense is 17th. SC offense is 13th, and defense is 28th. Hmm. And they also lose some guys. So, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I, this, this ranking is going to get, like, blown out of the, like, this might be the first year where this ranking is, like, legitimately obliterated. Yeah. Like two, three weeks into the season. Just because of the number of games and the opponents that teams played last year. Yeah, it's like we're starting fresh from the... the it's like we're starting over at the beginning of college football. Yep. yep. None of the past information matters. Nope, nope. We're, it's a brand new start. It's a brand new case, start. I guess Stanford doesn't have the axe after all. Plot twist. <laughs> Wait, technically, if we go back like history, don't they have the axe? It is the Stanford Axe. Isn't that is, – didn't they bet the Axe first on the game? And then that's how well, we – Technically, if you're starting from scratch, I'd say no one has it yet. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Someone has to have created the Axe. No one has no one has done that yet. Um, but, yeah. We talked about numbers for quite a while. S&P Plus rankings. Um, should we move on to the next bit of news? Yeah. All right. Next one. Charlie Ragel, we talked about this. He was uh, listed as a potential candidate for Montana State. But Montana State has since hired Wyoming associate head coach Brent Vigan. Or I don't know how to say his last name. I'm just going to assume it's Vigan. Um, so Charlie Ragel is no longer a po- poaching candidate. Here's my thing. All right. Conspiracy theory number one. Ragel, Dykes, 
same agent. <laughs> is this possible to find? Is this information like lookupable? I don't know. Maybe. Can we look up coaching agents? It, it is, is that, the internet. It is the internet. But damn, if I am not getting a little bit tired of hearing Ragel's name at every <laughs> single head coach opportunity, I understand that our staff is like trying to make moves into like higher positions, but I didn't totally expect the gig at Wyoming to be the one that they were going to jump for. Mm -hmm. One, not to sound super biased, but I'm going to just go for it. Like you do have to live in Wyoming. I love Jackson Hole. I love (laughs) Yellowstone. I realize there might be a life out there for some, but seriously (laughs) so that's that's my number one and then you know it's just is it is wyoming the stepping stone towards you know that bigger job maybe it is you know maybe it's just you need to have the the head coach title and i'm you know i i don't know i you know anyone's guess is as good as mine but that one i just i kind of put my hands up in the air maybe hit a desk and was like really really regal again so i don't know how much how much truth there is but i think at this point we'd be pretty surprised to see regal on staff in um you know too far into 2022 i think it'd be that would be my take of the day uh just to circle back on like the agency thing um they do not have the same agent dykes is uh, agent is Balch Sports, agent and attorneys. And Charlie Regal is under Engage. But you know you know what the crazy part about Engage is? I was looking at their talent list. It's insane. Like Kirk Herbstreet, Melvin Gordon, Adrian Wojnarowski, Richard Sherman, Tony Romo, Kevin De Bruyne, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> Eric Dickerson, Urban Meyer, Ray Lewis, Rachel Nichols. Like this, this list is insane. <laughs> They're doing their job. Then they're doing their job. That is, this is superb. What a what a talent list that this agency. Oh, Justin Turner, of course, on here as well. No comment. No comment. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess we can move on to the next part because the next one is like the one that's like the big news that I think Wait, we're gonna. What? The Rago stuff doesn't bother you at all. That he was that. So the, so here's the thing. I. I had a conversation with someone about this a couple weeks ago when Regal was being like considered for the job, and I was like, honestly, I see this as his net positive, whether he takes the job or not, because that means that, that it's okay. Let's let's backtrack. If he does take the job and move on, I think it clearly shows that uh, teams are looking at this program as an up and up with potential coaches that they can poach away, and if that's the case, if they're moving on, that was only going to benefit Wilcox because he's going to be able to bring in younger and, you know, hungry guys knowing and sell this program as a, as a step to like move on to, you know, either promoting within or um, getting a chance somewhere else at the next level. But that's under the assumption that it's the teams that are coming to look at us and not our coaches looking for other opportunities. Like that's a totally different thing, right? With like the DeRoyder stuff that happened, with the Regal stuff, I don't think they're all in the same vein. 
I actually do think the Wyoming thing might have been them calling Regal. Uh, but, I mean, we don't have any inside information, so we can't tell if that's the case. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think it's ultimately a net positive um, just from even an optics standpoint. Because it's just, hey, we're good enough that people want to come take our coaches. Like, that's, that's good. That's the standard we're at now. I appreciate the sunshine, Rob. Yeah. That's what that's what we needed. Yeah. <laughs> Next topic. Uh, all right. So we go to what should we move on to? Oh, the big part, the big piece of news, the biggest piece of news we could possibly talk about, which is Coach Tuyasopo is leaving to become the offensive coordinator at Rice. We have another opening with position coaches. Yep. I, I think my initial reaction to this one was just like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? Why are, why are so many of our coaches uh, jumping? But, you know, I, I know that you'll have your perspective, so I'm not going to spoil it. So <laughs> I, I think the outrage that... I have with Tui leaving isn't like he, I mean what his biggest recruit was DJ Rogers probably him and Jermaine Terry and Jermaine Terry so I mean we do take it the thing is with this staff and the the saving grace for it it's like really if you don't come for Wilcox as long as they don't come for Wilcox I'm happy that's fine end of day I can live with anybody else leaving that's all I care about so as long as Wilcox is here, I feel good about it. Do I love the fact that, I mean, as you mentioned, we're getting looked at as a place that has really good coaching talent. That's great. We do replace really well. So when we lose coaching staff talent, we replace. Mm-hmm. So far, we've shown a pattern of replacing it in great ways. So I think there's opportunity here. But it's late. It feels late for this to have happened. You know, I think by now, most of the staffs are kind of intact. It's kind of weird because of COVID, but I feel like, I feel like this happened a little bit late and you know, it's a offensive coordinator at rice. I kind of have the same comments as (laughs) coaches at Wyoming. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Interesting. I don't know, but what about you, Rob? Before I give my take, I need to give the, to understand my take, I think you need the, the background information here. So, Tuyas Sopo is moving on to become the offense coordinator, left by Jerry Mack, who was the offense coordinator at Rice, and he is actually moving on to the Tennessee staff. And that's why they had that opening. The head coach is actually Mike Bloomgren, who coached for, at Stanford from 2011 to 2017 before taking the head coaching job at Rice. I believe his final two seasons at Stanford, he was the associate uh, assistant or associate head coach. Under Shaw. Um, so there is some link there between Tuyasop and Bloomgren because they probably interacted so much in Pac-12 games when he was at UCLA and now uh, when he was at Cal. So that that connection is slightly there. Coach Tuyasopo was also the last original remaining position coach under Wilcox. Wow. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Non-coordinator. Because Regal was special teams coordinator the entire time, right? So it's just Regal and Tui were the only two that's left. Wow. Everyone else has uh, moved on. He was originally the QB coach, passing game coordinator, and recruiting coordinator before moving over to tight ends in 2019. Um, And his prior stops at Washington and UCLA also included associate head coach, tight ends, and QB coach. So, yeah, we've talked about this. We, We know he's coached tight ends before. So, ultimately, I think for him, this is what he wants to do, which is to play call and to become an offensive coordinator. Now, looking at Mike Bloomgren and his record over the last year, this kind of feels like a one-year like audition because I feel like if Mike Bloomgren has another losing season at Rice, like he might be gone because he's been there for four years now. And if they've had consistently losing seasons, he's probably out the door. So maybe he becomes their saving grace and you know saves Bloomgren's job or – he just goes in there for a year, just showcases what he can do an offensive coordinator, and someone else picks him up, you know, the following year. And I think it comes back to the Regal thing too. I think ultimately this is a positive, positive move for the the coaching staff and for Wilcox. He's gonna now really be able to sell this thing of like, hey, come here, you can move on, I won't stop you. And you'll be moving on to not lateral positions, but you'll moving on to being promoted, right? Like Regal's being looked at at head coaching positions. Tui just got hired as a new offensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, even Bo Baldwin went from offensive coordinator to a, a head coach again, right? And Nick Edwards moved on from wide receiver coach to uh, offensive coordinator when he went with Bo Baldwin. That really shouldn't be on you know this program, but <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> nevertheless, it still counts. Um, the only the only little thing about Coach Tui is that he came he's a quarterback. Like he's a former NFL quarterback. And he came in as the quarterback coach and the passing game coordinator. And for for some reason, whether whether he underperformed or the quarterbacks, you know, weren't performing or, or whatever it was, got switched over to tight end. He was effectively demoted. Exactly. He lost both of his additional titles. Yeah. And Got relegated to tight ends. Right. And then didn't necessarily make up for it with awesome recruiting, depending on, you know, outside of Terry. Yeah. Which I can't discount, to be fair. Yeah. And DJ Rogers was, you know, 
I mean, um, him leaving, I don't think you can blame that on Tui. Like, he recruited right. him here, right? And I, yeah. I think him leaving to, to TCU like that, I don't think that's on Tui. But your point still stands. I think, yeah, I think if you look at Tui's record at Cal, it was one of general disappointment because of the background that he had as a Pac-12 quarterback, as a quarterback that played in the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, as someone that had deep connections on the West Coast. I think overall... You know, if you especially if you look at his recruiting record, uh, McAllen Castles, yeah. like <laughs> it's we've kind of had a revolving door at tight end a little bit, so um, we never really did as much with it as we expected, right? I, I think uh, the first year, um, when we moved from the Dykes offense back to having the tight end, we, you know, we expected to see a lot more, and it was kind of nothing yeah. for a while, and then. It got better this year. It's it's been slowly improving, but it hasn't been something that's been a strength. So, I mean, good for him. And now it's like, okay, who can you bring in again? Who fits? I think the big thing for the staff too is all right. Same thing as what we just did with Keith A. Where like, let's bring in someone that has the background on you know, the ability to recruit at a really high level, but also coach at a really high level. So. Yeah, that's the thing now, right? It's like, what? Do, where do we go from here? Because now we've basically replaced every single position coach <laughs> from from Wilcox's first season here. Every single one has been changed. Like, that's insane to me. And we're going into, what, year four? Year five? Technically? Um, I believe it's year five. So... I don't know how to feel about this. Um, I do think I think you and I can both agree that we both think Wilcox is going to make the right hire. Like it's 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 been clear as day that he's been making the right hires across the board um, for any opening. Like you know how we all question like Andrew the Andrew Browning promotion. <laughs> like we were like, wait, what? What you just you just promoted in house? Like you didn't you didn't go for like another you know top tier recruiting defensive line coach because you know Tui was a really good one, right? Tuiati. And but then look how that's paid off for us. Yeah. <laughs> paid off pretty immensely. So I don't. I know you might not have any names, but let's say you're Wilcox. What do, What do you do? Do you you because you have a few options here, right? Like Charlie Regal used to coach tight ends under Bill Baldwin, like alongside coaching the special teams. Like that was his that was his job. Um, do you move him back to tight end and maybe look for another special teams coordinator? Um, do you or do you go like fully fresh? Do you move someone else on uh, to recruiting court or uh, coaching tight ends, and then you know move shifted around a bit, a bit? What do you think you would do? I don't know. I don't. I'm like in the minority here. I'm okay with Regal at special teams. I, I'm totally fine with him there. If you mm-hmm. wanted to add the additional positional group. I might be a little hesitant because the early days of of what we just said, like the early days with the tight end group wasn't great. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm undoing the argument that I just made in when I was slightly bashing to his <laughs> career as a coach. <laughs> uh, but I think Regal, I don't know. I'm fine with him as special teams. I look every if we, if we were to even guess 
about who might be out there. I think, you know, we've tended to be wrong. We never, re- no. like, we've tended to just be way off, no. especially on offensive coordinator. Yep. So, uh, I think for me, maybe the question is, is this the right time to, like, do you, what is the advantage? Like, what's the differentiation that you bring by, like, bringing somebody else in? And does that substantially give your team a boost? And if not, maybe can you spread around the salary to the other coaches and say, hey, we have a better shot at retaining our staff long-term if we're doing this. The flip side of that is like, you've heard Ragel's name out there so much. You know that he was looking for that upgrade opportunity. If he has a really good season and you put him in at tight end coach and special teams coach, well, now you have to replace both. So maybe you have some hesitation to do that. Maybe you bring in somebody that's tight end and special teams that has both of them, but they just coach tight ends and that protects you in the case that Ragel leaves something like that. What about you? I think you bring in a, a tight end coach. I think, I think the move isn't to shift guys around. We've done that uh, like previously, right? Trying to shift things around to see if that'll work. Like we did that with Tui. Remember when we switched Nick Edwards and Burl Toler? Like, you know, and, you know, we switched, I mean, heck, even uh, Tim DeReuter and, and Peter Sermon, right? We made that swap. So we've made a bunch of these swaps. And I think the in-house swaps that we've done are the ones that haven't paid off the most. So if that's the case, I think we should definitely go either promote in-house. Like if there's a grad assistant or someone else, like like do we have a do we have an Andrew Browning type on the offensive side? Like is there someone that we're not we're, we don't know about that the coaching staff really likes to, to coach up and um, can step in and be that coach? I don't know. Um, just because Andrew Browning was just such a sleeper name pick too, right? If we were to go outside the box and we're or not even outside the box, but just bring in someone new, um, I think a lot of Cal fans that follow recruiting their their biggest like Bay Area name would probably be Alonzo Carter who is the recruiting coordinator and the running backs coach out at San Jose State. Um, if I if memory serves me correct, he was also a, a, a back dancer for MC Hammer. Um, which Great is, knowledge. Which, Great knowledge. Which I think is awesome. There's a video. You can look it up on Twitter or YouTube. There's footage of like the team asking him to do the, uh, I believe it's the too legit to quit dance. Um, and he does it. <laughs> he, like he's still got it. It's great. It's awesome. Um, so maybe that's him. And I, I do believe I heard that he has coaching experience, coaching tight ends. Um, I don't know if I should be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Trace on his uh, Cal Rivals board. It's just a fun name, which is why I want to talk about it. He mentioned uh, he mentioned on his uh, behind his pillow. He mentioned Timmy Chang. You know the former Hawaii great quarterback who broke NCAA records right before Colt Brennan came on right behind him and broke all of broke his all records. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Timmy Chang, I think he's coaching uh, tight ends out at Nevada. And of course you have that connection because Angus McClure was coaching at Nevada before he, you know, came out here. So maybe, maybe that's a name you call. I dude, if they hire Timmy, I'm not saying they're hired. They're even interested in Timmy Chang, but man, if they somehow bring in Timmy Chang, like I might faint. Like he is one of my childhood heroes uh, growing up. Like I remember, I remember watching um, the Rainbow Warriors on the American Forces Network growing up on Fridays. 
you know, because it's a day. Be- Actually, no, on Sundays. Sundays. Sundays, because it's a, we're a day ahead. And uh, I was like, wow, it's an Asian quarterback, and he's like that good. Like that was that's awesome. Like it, it was just one of those moments. And if I could, if we could talk to him, like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm a, I'm at legit faint. So um, yeah, I'm gonna like totally forego all of my media duties and like, can I can I get a picture, Timmy? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, you're gonna risk it all. <laughs> I'm a risk. You gotta risk it for the biscuit, baby. And the biscuit right now for me is a photo with Timmy Chang. Well, uh, everyone has their breaking point, I suppose. Um, <laughs> uh, but what do you think? Like, is is this is this a hire that you think is going to be wrapped up quickly, or is this something that you could kind of take your time with? Because it's not like you have spring ball like around right the corner. It's not like recruiting recruiting's pretty much already been over, so you're not really into that. You don't really need them on board right away. Like, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm thinking. I think. I don't know. I don't know if there's any sense of urgency with it. it I just wouldn't be surprised if it went fast. I wouldn't be surprised if it took a little bit. But I, I, the coaching staff in general tends to move pretty quickly, except for offensive coordinator. Yeah, that took a little bit. But outside of that, uh, definitely bringing in Hayward was super quick. And uh, yeah, same thing. I think when we brought in Angus McClure, too, we sort of felt the momentum on that i don't know it just doesn't feel like that critical of a hire to me but you're you know if you're looking at the position if you're looking at that opportunity from a coaching position you're like wow you're going to be able to teach up jermaine terry from his freshman year that's a pretty enticing opportunity so that's why i wouldn't be surprised if it moved fast but i I don't know if i would necessarily be shocked if it moves slow yeah I think I think you and I are on the same page here. Um, it's it, because of COVID and like how coaching hires have been going around. Like, like just you and I were talking before we started recording about like Gus Malzahn like going on UCF. Like that was like that was like he was linked to the job and then he was hired. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows? I think people want to be employed right now. <laughs> that does help. It's like that's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Like you want to have health insurance right now. You want to, um, you know, I'm not like Gus Malzahn couldn't afford to get Obamacare, or, but he could retire and he'd still have enough money. Yeah, I think people. I think people generally want to be employed right now because if if you don't have a lot to do, there isn't a lot to do. <laughs> you know, it's just like the world is in a weird place. So. I think there's good talent out there. If we've seen anything that Cal's become a destination, it'll be it'll be a good. It's it's always fun to see who we bring in, and so far, I think there's been a lot of excitement behind every hire we've made, which, is, which has been great. Bring Timmy Shang down. <laughs> Just wait fun. until we get to bring GA back. Yeah, as tight end coach. <laughs> just flips to the other side of the ball totally different position he's coming he's coming yeah. that'd be hilarious but um, that's pretty much it we don't have much else to talk about that's another short one but you're Love probably it. listening to this after you listen to our talk with Ben Ross so you know there's more Cal content over there if you haven't listened to that yet so hop on over there and, and listen to that for the A's fans for the A's fans for the A's fans um, we do have one question 
if you want to go over this. Pat, who sent us the question when we were talking to Ben Ross about Chapman, also sends us two questions. First one is, who will be the who will be next tight end coach or special teams coach if restructuring assignments? Um, I don't know. Your guess is as good as ours. <laughs> and I think we've exhausted the conversation on that. If it's restructuring, Regal has to be the favorite. Yeah. If it's new hire, then who knows? Yep. <laughs> who, knows? who knows? Absolutely. Timmy Chang. We're going all in for We're Timmy Chang. We're going all in on Timmy Chang. We're going if you didn't know in. now, it's official. <laughs> the Bearcast supports the Timmy Chang hire. We do. We do. That pulls weight in Alaska. Even not in, not like, in the Bay. <laughs> Alaska? <laughs> Does it even pull weight in Alaska? Yeah, man. I don't think it even has enough weight to pull an iceberg. Like it's not we're not pulling anything. <laughs> I will say this though. I found that there is a Korean running back. Yes, like, he did. Available. Like he's I you know, and he has offers. Get him as a preferred walk-on. <laughs> Make my dream come true of seeing a Cal player, a skill position player, even more so, with you know. Korean or Asian heritage. Oh, Give why it. did I think you were talking about the running back from Oregon? Us. Uh, who? Uh, Habibi Likio? Yeah. He's transferring, right? Uh, he's already he's already committed. I think he's going to Boise. Uh. It was like, yeah. There's another, like, there's a high school kid that I found. Okay. But um, the last question he asks is, can men's basketball recruit enough to get program on a winning stable trajectory? Lord have mercy. Um, talking about basketball. If you want the positive take and you want the optimistic <laughs> take, go listen to the podcast with Ben. That'll deliver it for you. Yeah. What you are going to get here is not that. No. Rob, no. Let's, let's hear it. Um, judging from, I'm not, I'm, I, I won't say it like full on negative, but. Judging from Fox's trajectory of recruiting players at his nine years in Georgia, it wasn't great. That being said, the final year before he was fired, he had the number one recruiting class in the country. And that wasn't enough to save his job at Georgia. And the two players went elsewhere. The The one player that was like huge in that recruiting class was Ashton Higgins, uh, the number one point guard, who ended up going to Kentucky. So... I believe it's there, but he did it so late in his coaching, you know, cycle, and it was like such mediocre basketball up until that time. It wasn't enough to save it. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when Washington fired, uh, fired Lorenzo Romar. Yeah, it's like he had brought in so many like high tier recruits, and even that final year, he was bringing in Michael Porter, who was the number one recruit in that class. But they sucked, and that still wasn't enough to save his job for another season. So it might be that case here too. Like I don't I don't want to say that Fox is going to be here for another 9 years. But like he might bring in like next the 2022 cycle like who knows might be outstanding. Might be a top 5 8 team in the class. But then if he loses the same amount of games as he did this year, I don't know if a recruiting class that good is enough saving grace for him for us to be for him to stay on like you won eight games and two games let's say he wins like five games next year regardless like 
is a top five recruiting class good enough to keep on that coach who has only won, you know, 25% of his conference games? Maybe at Cal. Maybe. Basketball is one of those weird places where you bring in a Jalen Brown. Yeah. And, and changes. And everything changes. But I don't know. Probably not. The noise would be loud. It's it's loud right now, and that that seat's going to be warm next year, starting the season. So I don't think he, I don't think you can survive a five conference win season next year. No chance. Yeah. I would just say that there's just no there's going there's going to be no tolerance for it, especially because by as we've been talking about, like by then hopefully the world is slightly more normal. There's fans in the stadiums, and that's going to be empty. Or there's not there's not <laughs> fans in the stadium, and that's going to be. The ultimate signal and the big thing too is if you look at uh Knowlton like Knowlton's not going to want to have his name tied to and all the stuff that we've talked about with Knowlton before he's not going to want to be tied to a coach that he didn't do his homework on that's leading you know a program that has historically been good and competitive through some of the worst times in its history so that's a really bad look for an AD especially a new one and when you don't have the football coach hire to your name, you know, that to me screams insecurity. If there's insecurity, there'll be a fix. I mean, the, the bigger question that lies beyond is, is he willing to, like, since we're on the topic of Knowlton, like, is he going to be willing to accept the fact that he made the wrong hire? Right? Because that's ultimately what he has to do in order to fire Fox. He has to admit, he's basically, he doesn't have to admit to, like, publicly to the press, but by firing him, he's admitting to his mistake in, in hiring him without seeing him fully uh, run out his contract, right? Yeah. Which is a five-year deal. Still baffles me we gave a five-year deal to a head coach right after we're trying to get out of a five-year deal with a head coach. <laughs> Does not make any negotiating sense to me whatsoever. So did we answer that? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think, I think so. so. I think we answered it. Um, but yeah, we're good here. We're, that's the end of the Golden Bear Cast. If you're listening to us, you already found us. So why do I need to tell you where to find us? But you can find us on Twitter at Golden Bear Cast. You can find us on Twitch at Golden Bear Cast. We might do some NCAA football streaming um, over the offseason. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then you can find all our written stuff at writeforcalifornia.com where, of course, the great Nick Krantz is pumping out those basketball articles even though we've been losing. Actually, we, we did win one, so, you know, it's, it was a happy article this week because we won that one. And it was a fun one to me. But you can find me at Rob11HLB on Twitter. You can find Andy at... Andy JB Smoke. And that's a wrap. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.